0: Day you called my name and I ran out of that grave out of the darkness into your glorious day. I needed rescue I, I see myself. Chains break at the weight of Your glory. I need a shelter. I was an orphan. Now You call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken. screen the cry soul down deep in my soul down deep in my soul there's beauty in my brokenness i got so done instead of pain there's freedom though you captured me i got joy instead of mourning I've got true love instead of pain There's freedom though you captured me I've got joy instead of mourning You give me joy down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul Down deep in my soul You give me love. Never been so free, caught in your love for me. Never been more secure. soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Give me joy, down deep in my soul. Seen me filled with joy you haven't seen me till you've seen me filled with joy remember that's the piano part up in the high part do you haven't seen me when you haven't seen me
1: till you've seen
0: me filled with joy you haven't known me till you know me filled with joy you haven't known me till Let me tell you, know be filled with joy. Joy forever, Joy forever, You give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. You give me joy down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul. everybody.
2: Good morning. Welcome to Maple Street Worship Center. Glad to have you here, Lincoln. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if anybody wants, the flags thing is open, I think. Is it open? Probably it's open. This is is probably not going to be exactly a reflective service today, so it'll be a little bit more uh, moving. So we're just going to open in a a word of prayer. If if anybody wants to come in and get closer, unless you just want to head for the aisles for dancing that's okay you can add lots of room for you there okay all right okay okay we we participate yeah uh so it's revival is a decision to act yeah so father we thank you so much for your presence we thank you for uh, your promises promise of your presence. He said you inhabit the praises of your people. We're praising you this morning. Lord. So we know you're here. We acknowledge you're here. Not just in our minds, but in confidence, Lord, in faith. Holy Spirit, that you would just come and move as you will. We invite you. Lord. We invite you. We invite you to move as you will is an open space for you, Holy Spirit. And we acknowledge that we wouldn't even be able to praise you, Lord, if it wasn't for you, your spirit within us. song. Though darkness
0: fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield. Though troubles linger still, whom shall I I know who goes before me, I know who stands behind, the God of angel armies is always by my side, the one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine, the God of angel armies is always by my side. Strength is in your name, for you alone can say, You will deliver me. Yours is the victory. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I? Behind the God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who stands before me, I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. I know who goes before me, I know who stands behind. The God of angel is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The God of angel armies is always by my side.
2: you are the God of angel armies and we acknowledge you're with us you stand in front and behind all around us and it's from that position that position of victory that position of seated in heavenly places that we praise and worship you here this morning
1: Our desire, God, is that you would manifest heaven on earth here through our worship, for the power of it, for the reality of it.
0: Stood outside my grave. Yes. Oh
2: Clear that this morning to our own hearts.
1: You just invite your faith to fill us, God, this morning. Just cast out all fear and unbelief.
0: Never been so free. Caught in your love for me. Never been Been more secure. Knowing your heart Lord. Never been so free. Caught in your love for me. Never been more secure. Knowing your heart Lord. Never been so free. Caught in your love for me. Never been more secure. Than knowing your heart Lord. Free, God in your love for me. Never been more secure than knowing you You give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You give me joy down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. You haven't seen me till you've seen me filled with joy you haven't seen me till you've seen me filled with joy you haven't seen me till you've seen me filled with joy joy forevermore joy forevermore you haven't known me till you've known me filled with joy you haven't known me till you've known me filled with joy you haven't known me till you know me filled with joy, joy forevermore, joy forevermore. You give me joy, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Sing it over us, you give me joy, down deep in my soul, down deep in my soul. Down deep in my soul, sing it over the church. You give us joy. Down deep in our souls, down deep in our souls, down deep in our souls. You give us joy. Down deep in our souls, down deep in our souls, down deep in our souls. Out your joy, Lord. Let
2: me just, let's just, just take a moment, just ask God for joy. That's one of the know that the parable of the talents, like enter into the joy of your Lord. That's that's part of the reward that we get we get to enter into the joy of our Lord. So let's just, just take a moment just to ask God to pour that in right now. This Holy Spirit, just release you. Just ask that you would just release joy on this place. Just release joy.
0: was burned
3: Turn it on, doesn't it? There's an O N button on there. It says on and mute, and I had it on the mute. So here we are. Okay, coming over. Okay now, yeah. you can hear me? Okay. So I won't start over again. But if you could turn your attention just for a moment to our bulletin, and uh, of course uh, a, a few things uh, happening, um, won't go through everything. Trust that you'll take it and you'll you'll read it. Stick it on your refrigerator. Stick it in your Bible. Put it into a place where uh, where we can. uh, refer to it and a uh, couple of things that are new really encouraged on the tuesday nights we've got some folks coming out tuesdays at 6 30 p.m when god's people pray that's a study by jim simbola brooklyn tabernacle 6 30 uh, and we've been going into session number three on this tuesday night if you haven't been able to make it you're welcome to come and um, also wanted to mention coming up next week uh, we have um during our Sunday morning gathering, we're going to have Jeremiah Rabel and uh, Leanne Welk, right? Welk, got it right this time. You don't pronounce the woe part. I had it wrong. Penny corrected me. That was good. Glad I I got that straight. So, Leanne Welk's going to be with us. And uh, did did we actually come to a decision? I know I'm asking this question on 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 what we're going to do during that time in terms of they had a request to feed us. That's what they said. If they could, if you could feed us. So are we going? Are we going to go with it? Are we going to roll with it? You think? Do a. Yeah, they they said we'll do what, they'll do whatever we want them to do. So if it means dancing on a the head of a pen. Pardon? Soup and sandwiches next Sunday. There we go. Soup and sandwiches next Sunday for everyone. And uh, just to let you know who they are, Jeremiah has has recently been brought on. Um, He served at Millwood's Assembly for a number of years, especially in the areas of media and uh, and, and multimedia and and that sort of thing. And uh, has a lot of experience, brought on as an effectiveness coach, brought on to help churches, local churches, with various uh, aspects of their ministry and their outreach. And so Jeremiah is going to be with us. Also, Leanne. Is um, our district children's ministry director/slash specialist, and she's going to be with us as well. And so soup and sandwiches—we're going to feed them, make them happy, and then, uh, and then we're going to have a, a let them loose and uh, just to talk about things like children's ministry and uh, just the, the missional side of the church. So stay tuned for that. Trust that you'll be uh, be able to, to make it with us that uh, Sunday. Also, on the back of your bulletin, you'll notice a a, few, a couple of new things. Or at least one new thing. That's the World Day of Prayer coming up on Friday, March the second, at seven o'clock in the evening. And if you have any questions regarding that, please contact Sandy Tillotson. It's going to be held at Saint Mary's uh, Anglican Church. And also, just a reminder, friendly reminder as well, um, concerning uh, membership applications and Plan to Protect forms and things like that. So if you could, if you've taken the training. And uh, if you haven't already submitted your application form for, for ministry and so on, volunteering, we encourage you to do that. And uh, we just want to have some of those things in, in motion as we move forward. So we're going to turn to or ask our ushers to come this, this morning. And uh, just to, before, as they come, I'm just going to remind everyone that everyone is welcome to stay. We have cake for those birthdays that have been celebrate, we are celebrating in the month of February. So who... This morning, celebrated your birthday in the month of February. Well, look at here. We got John, and who else? Who else? You're the only one. You are special, unique. Amen. Turning sixty, you turn sixty-four. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God. However you want to do it. Happy birthday to you and many more. Amen. God bless you, John. Bless you, John. bless you. So we're going to uh, go to our time that we'll be able to bless the Lord in our giving. So we're going to put the uh, prayer on the screen if we could do that. Thank you, guys. So as we receive today's offering... We're believing you for heaven open, earth invaded, storehouses unlocked, and miracles created, dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, visions and resources to go to the nations, and more souls. Every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father. As I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me, so that I may have more than enough to co-labour with to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. And amen. 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 How many know we are co-laborers with Christ? Did you have an announcement? You want to talk to me? Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, thanks, Ed. So, just to uh, before we before we turn into Nehemiah, I just want to. Uh, just want to give a little bit of uh, f- uh, information concerning uh, some of the changes that have been happening in our district office. Um, just to let you know, um, one of the things that the district is doing, our, our, uh, our superintendent, Gary Tatinger, uh, his, his heart really is to say, you know, how can we help? Uh, how can we take the resources and the, the experience Uh, that we have as a district office and to be a resource, to be a help to come alongside uh, the local church and uh, so it's not about the local church um, you know, supporting the district office for its own sake, does that make sense? but rather the district is saying uh, we exist because you're here we exist because you are here. And we exist for you, to help you. And so, because of that, and because of an emphasis right now on, on uh, church revitalization. You know, there's been a number of uh, churches all across our country where, um, you know, they've seen, basically, they, they plateaued, they're in decline, the, the, the life, the hope uh, all of those different things, the, the missional uh, impulses, you know. It's sort of like when you go to the doctor and, and maybe your health isn't quite as good as is what it could be, and so the doctor uh, is there to help you get on the right track. Same thing with massage therapists or with personal trainers or whatever. So ultimately, what the district is, is doing is saying, you know, we've we brought on a couple of effectiveness coaches, And they look at them like they're a free staff person. Someone who's a staffer in your church that you don't have to hire or pay for. And uh, they're willing. And and this amazing thing is I've I've messaged Jeremiah and uh, Jeremiah gets back to you really quickly. And so you can actually have conversations. He's willing to have conversations on the phone. And so they're willing to come down and you know, what we want to be able to do is uh, we want this to be an inclusive thing. So this is not an exclusive uh, meeting with, with Leanne and uh, Jeremiah. We want everyone that calls this church home to be, to be here. So it, it's an open forum. And because we want you to, to catch what's in the hearts of our superintendent, what's on the hearts of our district leadership and catch uh, a little bit of, of their heart for where they want to go in the years to come. And so I want to encourage everyone um, to clear the calendar, and if you can be here next week, we would really, really appreciate, it because how many know this morning that it's really going to take everyone pulling together, working together to go where God wants the church to go? Because it's not, it's, not, it's not just one member, but the body is made up of many members, amen? And there are gifts that every member has in the body of Christ that makes a contribution. And I'm glad this morning that God has given me a few gifts. But I haven't got them all, that's for sure. Because, and I, I need those uh, who have other gifts. They can bring that to the table, and they can be they can minister to me they can build me up they can encourage my heart my faith so that when i'm down and it's like with my wife you know there's times you ever experience this when there's times when you're when you might be feeling kind of in the doldrums right and someone isn't it wonderful to have someone to come along and to help lift you up out of that and conversely the other way around you can be you can be full of faith and hope and someone else can be down and so, think about it like this. This is the district saying, we want to send some folks because we want to be there. For you. We want to help pick you up when you're down. And so, that's the, that's the heart. That's the attitude in which this is coming from. So, I just want to encourage everyone to, uh, to clear the calendar. Be here. We will have soup and sandwiches, which is always great to have a meal together and fellowship together, but also uh, to, to see how our district is going to be um, uh, resourcing and assisting us. So, uh, just keep that in prayer, keep that in mind uh, an important piece uh, in the coming days speaking of your Bible this morning, turn into Nehemiah chapter 2 Nehemiah chapter 2, we're going to be looking at about the first 10 verses and um, I'm not going to read everything I'm not going to read everything but I do want to um, how many were here last week they were here last week and we, we, talked about, we talked about the burden of soul. I'm going to pick up a little bit on that this morning. We're going to continue on a little bit. And uh, I'm not sure if the title screen is up there or not. But um, it's, it, my, the title is very simple, Burden, Blessing, and Battle. Burden, Blessing, and Battle. And uh, so in Nehemiah chapter 2, and it says in verse 1, it says, and it came to pass in the month of Nisan in the twelfth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, that I took the wine and gave it to the king. And now I'd never been sad in his presence before. Therefore the king said to me, why is your face sad since you're not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. And so I became dreadly, dreadfully afraid and, he, and, and said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tombs, lies waste, and its gates are burned with fire? Now last week as we were moving into this, and we're going to stop here in just a moment, we're going to pray. Father, we we come, Lord, humbly to your word again. We thank you for your word. We thank you that there were those who took the quill and inspired of the Lord, inspired the Holy Spirit. They penned these accounts for our benefit, and so we ask you, Lord, this morning, that Holy Spirit, will you illuminate our hearts? Will the truth of of your word burst forth with life, and not life only, but God with action? That we not be that we be doers of the word, and not hearers only. So, Lord, may your word, our hearts, may we act upon it. Apply it to our lives and to the life of this body in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, Amen. Amen. Now, the, text, the portion that I just read this morning, and we're going to go a little bit further into this, but you'll notice last week, and, and, and Nehemiah is now in the presence of the king, and he's, he's still, if you, if you remember, he's still carrying this burden that he had. He's still carrying this burden. And if we make a comparison between the first verse of chapter 1 and we look at the first verse of chapter 2, what actually has happened now, there's about four months that has passed now, four-month lapse, between the time that Nehemiah first received the report and until Nehemiah now is in the presence of of the king. And I want you to know that this is something has not left Nehemiah. This has not left him. He is still carrying this great burden, this concern that caused him, as we had mentioned last week, it caused him to sit down, it caused him to weep, it caused him to mourn, it caused him to fast and, and to pray. Now, we don't know really what all took place in the four months We really don't know all the details, but what we do know is Nehemiah's posture uh, in prayer. And in verse 6 of chapter 1, you'll note that it said that he was fasting, he was praying, and and it says that he was in day and night, day and night, seeking the Lord on behalf of the people in, in Jerusalem. So he's been wrestling in prayer for a number of months. Number of months. And I want you to know that even though we talked about his comfort last week, that the job of the cut bearer was not one that didn't come without risks. And here is Nehemiah now. He's coming to a fork in the road. He has to do something about the burden. What is he going to do? What is he going to do about his security in the palace? And what is he going to do about the condition in Jerusalem? Now, I remember, and Christiana can tell you, I think it was like the first of the year, wasn't it? First of the year, 2005. We're just sitting on the couch, minding in our, our own business. And the phone rings at about 9 a.m. on a Monday morning. And it was the pastor of the church in Yarmouth. And he was wanting to know if we would be interested in coming to work at their church. And I'll tell you, folks, it was exciting, but it was also stressful. Because all of a sudden now, you're presented with a fork in the road. What are you going to do? Yeah, you pray about it. That's right. But folks, I want you to, under, I want you to, to get this. Um, we pray, and how many would agree that even in our prayer we wrestle with stuff? Because you're trying to get clarity. You're trying to get direction. And I don't know about you, but I had a real, real rough time with it. And I'll tell you why. I had worked at Clearwater Fine Foods for eight years. yes. I had, was, had been preparing for ministry. Yes, I had just gotten approved for credentials pending a ministry position. But I was working at Clearwater Fine Foods. I had just recently been given a promotion. I was a night shift supervisor. And uh, we were doing okay. We were doing all right. And so when we met with them, and they they told us what it was that we were going to receive. Well, I'll tell you, it wasn't too long, and, you, and Christiane can, could tell you, testify to this, that I remember hauling the calculator. Guys are pretty logical, right? And they're pulling up the calculator, and you're figuring things out, and you're just wondering, like, you know, can we, can we, can we do this? Can we do this? And I remember standing at the kitchen uh, counter, and I want to let you know, my wife can preach a sermon on faith in five minutes. she 's she's a good preacher. She, she probably won 't do it much here, but she 's a good preacher. I can tell you that. But here 's the thing I want you to understand is that even in the deliberation of all this stuff, I remember going to uh, it was the, the theater, the IMAX theater in Halifax, Bears Lake. We took a whole van load of people down to see the passion of the Christ. Seeing the passion of the Christ. And, and I, I remember wrestling with the call, and I had wrestled with the call for a long time. And there were, there, there were times when these things were being confirmed, but I was still wrestling with it. And I remember in the IMAX theater, and I was watching, as they were nailing Jesus, and I know it wasn't Jesus, it was Jim Caviezel, right? He was the actor. But I'm watching this. I'm watching what the Lord had went through. I mean, this was pretty graphic. Amen? Who's seen The Passion of the Christ? I've seen it three times. And I'm in the theater, and I'm I'm sitting in the seat, and I can tell you that as I was sitting there, I was in deep agony. I was... It was, I, I don't think I cried so deeply in all my life. And I came to a point, as I was watching what Jesus had done for me, and what Jesus had done for you, and what Jesus has done for the world, I came to a point where I recognized, Lord, I will do this, I will give my life to this, no matter the cost. See, I knew that I knew that the Lord was speaking to me. That the Lord was calling me. The Lord was was working in my life. The Lord was giving direction. But, folks, it was it was like I was in that like Nehemiah in that four month period of what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with the call? What am I going to do with this burden? And I came to a fork in that road, and I made that decision. The Lord, I will do whatever it's going to take, no matter what the cost is. And so here's Nehemiah. Kind of like a buddy that we had. was telling us a similar story and how they had worked and they had had a house in Moncton, New Brunswick and they had... Uh, had Finally, he, he was being called into the car dealership. He was working in the account, accounts department and he goes into the, the manager's office, calls him in and the manager offers him a promotion, a promotion he had been waiting for almost 10 years. And yet the Lord was putting a burden on his heart, a call, same thing on his wife. And he came to a fork in the road. What am I going to do? What is Nehemiah going to do with this? And can I ask the question this morning, what are we going to do with the calling that God has placed upon the church how many understand that the church does not exist for itself anybody know that the church does not exist for itself jesus didn't call 12 disciples live with them teach them about the kingdom teach them to pray then be his apprentices To preach the the good news of the kingdom. To heal the sick. To cleanse the lepers. To raise the dead. He didn't give them the power of the Holy Spirit just so that they could have a party. How many agree with that this morning? It's not to serve themselves. No, he gave them them all of this training and he gave them the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says to them in Matthew 28, Mark 16. And he says it even in Acts chapter 1. Go. Go, go into the world. I'm sending you. Stay in the city until you've received what? The power of the Holy Spirit. When the power of the Spirit comes upon you, then what? You will be witnesses unto me, starting in Jerusalem and then to the ends of the earth. That was the calling on the disciples. question is what are we going to do with the burden what are we going to do with the call what are we going to do with what god is asking us to do so what does nehemiah do after he wrestles in prayer well you'll notice it in 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 chapter two you'll notice it here notice what he does he's taking a risk how many know that there's a risk in this burden that he has He says, therefore, the king said to me, why is your face sad since you are not sick? This is nothing but sorrow of heart. And he says, I became dreadfully afraid. Do you know why he became afraid? It's because it would not be very good for the cupbearer to be sad in the presence of the king. That could get you death. Why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? Can I say this this morning, that it's when we have a crushing sense of burden and responsibility, that's when God can entrust us with the work, when there's a burden. And I believe that the Lord has called us, to, not, not just to the need. Remember, I said burden, not to the need, just to the need. How many understand this morning that if we tried to meet every single need that there is out there in this town, it would crush us? It would exhaust our resources and then more. It would would take more than 168 hours out of all of our weeks to try to meet all of the needs. It would crush us. It would crush us. Because there's great needs everywhere. But what God is asking, God is asking that we would follow the call when it comes to A specific burden that he gives for us. Because how many know that God has a specific assignment for each and every one of us? He has a specific plan for this particular church. A particular calling on this church. I remember speaking with a Nazarene pastor back in Nova Scotia. And they had a children's ministry on Sunday. That's a good thing, by the way. Not a bad thing to have a children's ministry. How many understand that we need to reach the next generation? If you don't reach the next generation, what what happens? But here's the thing. They had a mystery going on on Sunday mornings, but there wasn't a whole lot of life in it. Not a whole lot of life in it. So he decides that he's going to meet with the volunteers, and he's asked the question. He says, why? Why are you doing what you're doing? And they said, well, I mean, somebody's got to do it. And he said, don't you think that the kids know you got no passion for this? So, you know what he did? He shut her down. That's bold. He shut her down. He shut her down and he said, We're not going to do this until the Lord raises someone with a burden and with a passion for the ministry. And so they waited. And they waited until. Someone approached the pastor and had a conversation with him concerning their heart toward the children. And the Lord put together a couple and that couple led that children's ministry. And that children's ministry, I remember seeing the statistics in terms of the amount of kids that were being impacted. And probably the number of children that were in their their ministry on Sundays was probably 50% of the church. It was becoming a church for children. And not only was it becoming a church for children... The next thing you know, a few years down the road, they're announcing that they are having a youth night. They're ministering to the young people. And the reason why is because they began with the children. But folks, it began with a burden and it began with passion. And it began with God working on the heart. And so this is what is happening in Nehemiah's life right now. How many know, I don't know if you know about this, but a guy by the name of Henry Line, an evangelist, that was gloriously saved, wrestled with God in prayer, seeking assurance of his salvation. And Henry Aline, during the time of the American Revolution, was a revivalist in Nova Scotia. There was a revival in Nova Scotia, folks, in the late 1700s. And Henry Align got saved, and God put a burden on his heart, and he got on his horse, and he rode all over the Maritimes, preaching the gospel in little communities. And one of the little communities was Ragged Island. Later became known as Lockport. (laughs) And it was because of Henry Align's burden for the lost, Henry Align's call that God had put in his heart, that my great great grandmother, because there was a Baptist church that was established in Lockport, and my great great grandmother taught Sunday school in the Baptist church. And my grandmother, who was brought up in the Baptist church, got baptized in the Holy Spirit when she was 15 years old. And folks, I can trace my spiritual heritage back to a new light preacher who had been saved and had been given a burden by God to go and preach the gospel around the Maritime Provinces. What a legacy. It was a burden. It was placed in the heart of a woman named Alice Gagarius. She was over 50 years old. And she was a school teacher, and she was a public speaker. And she was from New Hampshire. And she got filled with the Spirit, and she heard a prophetic message. And in in that prophetic message, she heard God drop into her heart the word Newfoundland. And she had no idea where it was. So she went to a map to find out where Newfoundland was. And she answered the call of God with the burden in her heart to go to Newfoundland. And the reason why the Pentecostal Assemblies of Newfoundland exist today is because of her. And the burden that God had put into her heart. Eugene Vader said this, he was a superintendent there. He said that God came forth in mighty power, saving, baptizing, healing, and many were the miracles of healing in those days because of the work, because of the call. I'm saying, Lord, can you give us a burden? Can you give us a passion? Can you give us a burden or can you give us a passion and not just one that we hold on to but one that gets released and it goes to work and folks this is what's happening in the heart of nehemiah and he's going to the king and he's making his plea and look what it says in verse five he's coming to the king and he's coming to the king with his face of sadness and the king is wondering why you're not sick nehemiah you're not sick what's going on this is a sorrow that's in your heart and in verse 5 he says if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor in your sight i ask that you send me to judah to the city of my father's tombs that i may rebuild it now can i make a suggestion this morning we're not seeing fireworks here We're not seeing fireworks. We're not seeing signs and wonders. But here's one interesting thing you have to note is that he's going to the king, he's taking a risk, and he's saying, king, I'm looking for favor. I like to try to fill in the story a little bit, thinking to myself, maybe that while Nehemiah was praying, God was softening the heart of Artaxerxes and preparing him for that moment when Nehemiah would approach him and request the favor of the king. That he would say, if it pleases the king, if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah. In other words, king, I know you're in charge and I'm in in, in your service, but would you permit me to go? How many know that's a big request? He's the cupbearer. The king could have said, absolutely not. You work for me. Let them figure it out. He didn't say that. Then in verse 7, Furthermore, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let letters be given to me for the governors of the region beyond the river. He's not just asking for favor. Now he's asking for safe passage. And he even gets to the point, look at this, it says, and then he asks in a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber. So there's favor, he's saying for favor. He's asking for safe passage. Now he's asking for resources. Folks, Nehemiah never had anything except a burden. Nothing. How many understand that we got better than King Artaxerxes. Hmm? Give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel, which pertains to the temple, for the city wall, and for the house that I will occupy. Wow. And it tells us that the king was able to give what Nehemiah needed because these were practical needs. If I'm going to do this, If I'm going to go, I need your favor. I need safe passage. I need the materials to be able to make it happen. Folks, that was his request to an earthly king. How many know this morning that it's God who is the one who brings the favor? It's God is the one who who says that I will be with you. Remember he said to the disciples? He's calling them to go into the world with the message of the gospel. But then he's saying, lo, I will be with you. How long? Just for today? A week? A month? A couple years? No, no. He's, I'll be with you. My presence will be with you even to the very end of the age. Folks, we've got a promise that God is with us. We've got a promise that God's favor is resting upon us. upon us. We have a king, the king of all kings and the lord of all lords. And I need to hear this, folks. But, folks, he has more. He has more than the timbers in the forest. He's got more than the stones that are in the quarries. And in the mountains. He's got more than that. And he's even got more than the cattle. On a thousand hills. Because our God. Who is almighty. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. The king. And the Lord over everything is the one who spoke it all into existence. He owns it all. You see, when I come, when my kids come up to me and they say, Hey, Dad, can, can I do this? Guess what? I, ha- I can only give them out of what I've got. Amen? But when... And Nehemiah was, was asking the king of what, what he could get, what, what, what the king could supply. But how many understand that when, when we come to God in prayer and we ask for our needs, for favor, for grace, for protection, for resources, this isn't, this isn't some skimpy little amount here. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm preaching this morning? Because I need to get what I'm preaching. Just being honest. We need to get this. That our daddy, our father, just doesn't have five bucks in his back pocket. Amen? He's got a whole lot more than that. And folks, this is his church. We are his people. It's his business. And therefore, it's his bill. And so, Lord, whatever it is that you put on our hearts to do, whatever work it is that you're calling us to do, then what we need to do, what I need to do, we all need to do together, is we need to say, Lord, we are going to trust you for the supply. Because your supply is is not this much. It's an abundant supply. See, I can only give my kids out of what I have, but when we come to God again what has he got in his back pocket his back pocket is a little bigger than mine I can tell you that it's a little bigger than yours and so folks I don't know about you but when we come to the Lord and we say Lord this is our need that God, that sometimes we need, we need to think a little bit bigger we need to dream a little bit bigger we need to ask a little bit bigger because our God owns it all He's the sovereign creator of heaven and earth. He owns far more. And he's promised to bless us, to supply all the needs that we have according, according to his riches. According to his riches. According to. If it was according to my riches. I don't even think I got a penny in my pocket. Well, they don't make pennies anymore, so I can't have a penny. I don't even think I got a nickel right now. I got a, guitar, a couple of guitar picks. That's it. And I'm lucky to have a couple of guitar picks because I usually can't find them. So here's Nehemiah. He's been called. He's been commissioned. He's been sent. He's been sent by the king with the king's supply. But we're not just talking about the earthly king. We're talking about King Jesus. That's the supply that he has. That's the supply that he has. And he says, I, then I went to the governors in the region, verse 9, in the region beyond the river, and they gave them letter, the, the king's letters. And now the king has sent the captains of the army and the horsemen with me. So there was, he was bringing that safe passage. And so Nehemiah was able to go. Nehemiah was able to go to and, and, and do that which the Lord had been asking him to do. But here's interesting thing. If you go down... So we've, we've noticed the burden. We've noticed the blessing. And that's what I wanted to focus on is the blessing. The, the blessing of, of, of favor, the blessing of provision, the blessing protection So if you're writing that down, not sure if you are, but the burden was the first thing, the blessing that came. three parts of that was the favor, the provisions and the protection. The third thing, look at verse 10 with me. We're going to bring this to a close. Can I make a suggestion this morning? and i know you'll agree with me on this that when the lord calls someone to do something for him the enemy is not going to be happy can we agree this morning we have an enemy we have an adversary And that adversary wants to intimidate. That adversary wants to thwart the purposes of God. Look at verse 10. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard of it, mm -hmm, they were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. If you've read Nehemiah, some of you might be reading a little bit ahead. These guys are going to be playing a bit of a role here when it comes to try to put a stop to what Nehemiah has been called to do. And so here is Sanballat and here is Tobiah. They know exactly what Nehemiah is after and, they, and they, they knew he was concerned for the welfare of the children of Israel and that he was a man that had no other motive he was coming not out of his self-interest, he was coming out of no uh, vain glory no selfish ambition but this is all about the well-being of God's people But here's the thing, can I say this, that when someone answers the call of God and says, let us arise and build, the enemy says, let us arise and stop them. Let us arise and stop them. And you don't have to read very far. If you ever go in and you begin to read the book of Acts as an example, you'll notice that the early church faced the persecution and the attacks of the enemy. You'll notice that. Despite the fact that the Lord had called them, the Lord had commissioned them, the Lord had sent them, and the Lord empowered them, there was still going to be opposition. There was still going to be resistance. Now, I don't know about you, how many would say that you like that part? You like that part. I surely don't like that part. There's going to be resistance. There's battle that goes, goes on. There's going to be discouragement. There's those who are going to try to divide the troops. There's going to be those who are going to try to attempt mutiny, to do whatever is possible to bring the work of God to a screeching halt. And so it's one thing to have the burden. It's another thing to receive the blessings of God. But in, the, in receiving the blessings of God, we have to recognize that there is going to be a fight of faith that we're going to have to undergo. So there's Nehemiah's burden, his call, his favor on him, and his determination. But, folks, with that determination, it's like when you're watching the Edmonton Oilers, Right? who's an Edmonton Oilers fan. You got somebody who's got some skill. You got a Connor McDavid that can fly down the ice, right? You got somebody that can score goals, set them up. Remember when Gretzky was playing? Who was it? Uh, Marty McSorley, wasn't it? He was... What they call it? They called those guys in those days the the policemen, right? Every team had the tough guy. Take care of the star. Why? It's because the star is carrying the team and the star... Is got a purpose, and the star has a goal, and the star is trying to help the team get the victory. And so, what is the enemy? The enemy marks the star, right? We're gonna check them. We're gonna beat them around. We're gonna hook them. Doesn't matter if we get penalties. We're gonna do whatever we can to stop this team. Well, of course, in those times when Gretzky was playing well, man, they had a, a stacked team anyway. try to stop gotta try to stop Messier and Anderson and all the rest of them. Curry, coffee, they all fly. But Nehemiah becomes a marked man. Can I just say this this morning? That it's the easiest posture to take. The easiest posture to, t- to take is one where we hit the button on the recliner, and we just say, I'm just going to sail through to the end. Just take it easy. It's true, isn't it? Have you ever noticed that when you a- try to attempt anything, you're always going to get opposition, you're always going to get resistance, you'll get criticism? It's easier to do nothing. When you say it's easier to do nothing, How many find that it's really easy to sit on the coach and just turn on the TV and just watch what's on the screen and do absolutely nothing else? How many find that easy? Right? That's easy. But anything that's worth accomplishing takes hard work. It takes determination. It takes pressing through. It takes intentionality. It takes prayer. It takes warfare. Why? Because... The devil does not want us to be about God's business. He does not want us to have that burden from God and act upon it. He does not want us to go into the situation as Nehemiah is going to do and to begin to have a plan to rebuild and restore. That's not what he wants us to see happen. He wants us to continue to wade through all the rubble and all the overgrowth and, 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 to, and to be in a, in a place where we just uh, well, we just look at it and we say, what's, what's the use? It's hopeless. It's a hopeless situation. And the enemy wants to whisper lies in our ears. It can't be done. It can't be done. It can't be done. so this morning, I want to ask these questions. As the music as the, as the minister, music ministry comes back this morning. Can I make a suggestion this morning that it's a time, it's, it's time, it's time that if we don't have a burden, that we begin to ask God for one. If we don't ask God, passion or don't have passion that we begin to ask God for that passion it's time that we rise up and we say Lord as we come together corporately as we come and we pray to the God of heaven we're asking Lord that you will give us favor you will give us your presence your power you'll give us the resources that we need because Lord we recognize But there is a great work ahead. And we cannot do it without your favor. We cannot do it without your resources. And we also recognize, Lord, that along the way there is still going to be a battle. If there's been a battle in the past, folks, listen, when you you get serious, it's going to heat up a little more. But I don't know about you, but it's time, I believe it's time, that the church rises up answers the call. The church rises up and says, that's right, my God owns it all. My God has an infinite supply. Our God has all the resources, all the power that we need to be able to accomplish because it's His business anyway. It's His plan anyway. And I don't know about you this morning, but I truly believe that What God wants to see happen is he wants to see a rebuilding. He wants to see a restoration. He wants to see the walls go up. He wants to see the rubble removed, the rubble of the past and all the hurts and all the things that have happened that has caused us to wander around through the city and and, and look at the gates that have been burned with fire and and, and all the stones that are down and and say, say, no, Lord, this this is not your plan for us. This is not what you desire for us. But instead, Lord, you want us to move ahead with a Great burden and a calling and with your blessing And with determination That no matter what comes our way That we are gonna put a hand on the stone And we're gonna put a hand on the sword And we are gonna come together And we're gonna rebuild it We're gonna see it happen We're gonna see it happen We're gonna see a rebuilding We're gonna see a restoration We're gonna see the walls go up And then we're gonna see a celebration And there's gonna be a revival And there's gonna be renewal Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could you stand with me this morning? Could we just make this place a house of prayer? Could we make this place a house of prayer? Lord, we come this morning because in order to move our hands and our feet, Lord, first you have to move our hearts. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that God that you'll give us You'll give us a glimpse of your heart for this community. You'll give us a glimpse of your heart for this church. And that like Nehemiah, God, you'll you'll baptize us in your anguish and in your pain and in your broken heart for this community. You'll baptize us in that, Lord. But Lord, that we would come out of that after seeking your face. We'll come out of that with a courage to say, Lord... Say, Lord, we need your blessing. We need your supply. We need your resources. And knowing that, God, that that is your heart toward us, that we'll be able to rise with determination and we'll be able to fight this good fight of faith. We will be determined, Lord. Just like the prayer that Nehemiah had at the very end of chapter 1, that we'll we'll have a hope and a determination to see it unfold to see it come to see it be fulfilled I don't know about you this morning but there's a a binder And, and you know that there have been prophecies over this church you know that the Lord has spoken things he's brought people and they've had a word for the church I don't know about you but who here says we want to see the promises fulfilled we want to see it come to pass we want to get on the same page as the Lord and we're going to say Lord this is what you've told us and we're going to pray that these come to pass and we're going to stand upon that But folks can I also say that it's going to take and we're going to see this as we move into next week we look at reality and we look at resolve Because the reality that Nehemiah saw was, wow, this is a lot of work to be done. But then the question is, is, it's the resolve. What are we going to do? How are we going to accomplish this? And can I say that, and just to give you a sneak peek, and for those who might have already read and you know where it's going, but how many understand that in order for it to happen, it has to be teamwork. It has to be teamwork. It's not a one-person show. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that, the Lord, you don't, you don't give everything to one person. You distribute different giftings and different abilities to so many of us. And that we need each other. And it's like that little Sunday school song says that when we all pull together, how happy we'll be for your work is my work and our work is God's work. Folks, And I say that when fishermen don't fish, they fight. When fishermen ain't fishing, they're fighting. And how many know that the Lord has called us, not just about rebuilding walls, and that's a metaphor, right, for our time? We're in this, it's, it's metaphorical for us, right? Rebuilding walls, going fishing, doing what the Lord has called us at His business. And we know that the, in our context, it looks a little different in the way that these unfold. But folks, can I tell you that it's time that we get beyond the inactivity, and, and we, we need to work together, amen? We need to work together. So, Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray this morning that, God, that you would knit us together and that together we would would have that same burden, we'd have that same uh, uh, compassion, we'd have that same passion for your work, we'd have have the blessings of God upon us. Lord, we ask right now, in Jesus' name, that you, Lord, would bless us. Do you believe that the Lord wants to bless us? So, Lord, bless us. Bless us with all that we need. Thank you for the district office and what they can do, but we know you can do even more than that. So, that's like asking the king for a a letter. It's like asking the king for a little something. We're getting a little something in, in that regard, but, Lord, you have far more that you are able to give, and so we ask for that as well. Lord, help us to stand against a common enemy. In Jesus' name, may we stand against the common enemy. May we recognize the enemy is not standing alongside of me. But this is my comrade in battle. This is my comrade in battle. Could we just join hands along so- just, just in, a, in, a, in, a, in a symbol of solidarity? Praise your name. Lord, we stand together. We stand together hand in hand. Knowing, Lord, that united we stand and divided we fall. Knowing that, Lord, that when we partner with each other, and we partner with your plans and purposes, that, Lord, that we can become, I really truly believe this, that the church is meant to be an unstoppable force in this world. Did you hear that this morning? The church is to be an unstoppable force. You know why the church is to be an unstoppable force? is because when you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, when you have the Holy Spirit of God leading you, when you have the Holy Spirit of God speaking to you, teaching you, guiding you, and on you to empower you supernaturally, that becomes an unstoppable force. And so, Lord, we pray together that we will arise, we will build, we'll see the walls go up in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You believe that this can happen this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just worship Him. Let's thank Him. Let's praise Him for His blessings, His supply. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time to take back. It's time to, to, to deal with the rubble. It's time to rebuild. Amen. Amen. Where, you, where do you want to go with it, guys? Where you want to go? Which one? Whom shall, I fear? Whom shall I fear? That's right. Hallelujah. Can we put that on? Whom shall I fear on the screen?
0: again. The God of angel armies is always by my side The one who reigns forever He is a friend of mine The God of angel armies is always by my side I know who goes before me I know who stands behind The God of angel armies always by my side, the one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine, the God of angel armies is always by my side, the God of angel armies is always by my side. goes before me, I know who stands behind, the God of angel armies is always by my side, the one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine, the God of angel armies is always by my side.
2: Father, we thank you for being here this morning. We thank you for this body, for this church, for your spirit moving in us. And we ask that you'd send us all out to go make disciples this week. Just as you commanded us, that we take the church out of these walls and go, in Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, everybody.